Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to travel to Middle East. We're going to talk to Abdullah, who is the founder of Taraboot, based in the UAE. We're going to find out about the state of open banking in the Gulf and what is it like to start a company in the region and also the innovation and the solutions that the Taraboot has come up with to improve the banking experience in the region. How are you, Abdullah? I'm great, Rudy. Thanks for having me. So thank you for making the time. I'm looking forward to learn more about yourself and your company and also what's cooking in terms of open banking in the region. First of all, can you tell us a bit about yourself? I know that you are from Bahrain. You went to LBS. We chatted a little bit about that. Then you went back to the region. You're a serial entrepreneur at this stage. So can you tell us a bit more? How did it all come together? Firstly, before we get started, Rudy, again, thanks for having me. A big fan of the show and congratulations on the great work you were doing. As far as LBS and INSEAD, we were talking about how LBS is better, but I'll skip that chapter and go straight into it. My name is Abdullah Al-Moyed. I'm the founder and CEO of Tarabit Gateway. Tarabit Gateway is quite simply the MENA region's largest and first open banking platform, very much at the forefront of this transformation that's happening that I'm sure all your listeners and a lot of the people that are part of the show actually are following very closely. All right, great. Great to hear. And we let the students and uh, the FT to decide the ranking battle between the schools. Fair enough. But can you tell us why have you started your own company? And of course, a lot of the MBA students, they, they go to school to get a job with an investment bank or a consulting firm. Some of the schools also churn out a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, but often that happens later in life. So why have you started to, your own business and, and wanted to be your own boss? A few things, I think, Rudy. The, it was quite simply the size of the opportunity and the timing for me. I had finished an MBA, was looking for a large opportunity. And there's no doubt that we're living through a time of immense transformation. And in my opinion, the Middle East region is very compelling. It's probably the most exciting region, in my opinion, just because of a a few statistics that are at play. You've got a population of 600 million people. You've got smartphone penetration, some of the highest in the world. All of, I'd say, timing just in terms of just presenting an opportunity that was undeniable. And I've always been in tech. I've always followed tech very closely in the venture world, seeing what's happening in Europe, seeing that there's an arbitrage opportunity and it's about to happen in the Middle East which drove me to start TG. And that's why that's when we first started about three and a half years ago and dove straight in. What is the problem that you're trying to solve? What is it all about? Well, there's a few things, right? There's when you look at open banking and where it is and what it's doing, the problem is primarily, I think, customer experience gap that we're trying to address. So in terms of looking at, there's a few things that we approach quite differently. We're the largest open banking platform. We do a few things. We support banks on their journeys, right? Strategically, 
How can we embrace and capitalize on the opportunity that open banking unfolds? Look at what's happening in other parts of the world. And what we do is we act as that ecosystem, right? We enable that whatever will accelerate this transformation, allowing the banks in the region to basically bridge that customer experience gap between what you're used to using your Amazons and the YouTubes of the world whilst dealing with your banks. So we're that ecosystem layer that allows banks to leapfrog when it comes to customer experience. And uh, But why do you think that the banks couldn't develop it and achieve it by themselves? I think if you look at the region out here, it's a very interesting dynamic as a whole. You look at what's happening in the West, banks typically kick off by trying to develop proprietary solutions and then see that open banking is actually all about partnerships, right? The fintech world, it's all about creating an ecosystem, creating an infrastructure that allows the bank to pick and choose with whom they want to do partnerships. And that's where we plug in. How do we avail? How do we enable this kind of partnership ecosystem? How do we create the necessary tools to accelerate these partnerships as, we take, as they take place? Some banks do choose to go the route themselves. And, and these are the banks that more than often realize that, hold on a second, I can't build the whole stack myself. We don't have the capacity. We're not as agile. We can't move as fast. And that's where we come in as far as being a multi-sided ecosystem, a multi-sided platform, enabling both sides or all parts of the ecosystem to be able to accelerate that partnership um, right in the middle. And Abdullah, you said that you are the largest open banking platform in the MENA region. How did that come about? What is your unique advantage? And maybe you are the largest now, but of course, when people hear about it, maybe they'll think, okay, actually, he's right. This is a great opportunity. Maybe with our platform, we should also target MENA. So what would you say is your moat or unique advantage or unfair advantage? Why are you better than others? A few things. There's no doubt that we're the largest, and I think it's driven by quite a few things. As they say, there are benefits, Rudy, to being late adopters or late joiners to the party. So we've had a long time to be able to assess the plaids of the world, the true layers of the world, and what's happening in Tink and Southeast Asia. And the idea was, how do we do it better? How do we do it faster? So our business model is pretty different. We are the largest, but we start, we'd go a level deeper. We work strategically with a lot of the banks in the MENA region. We help them on prepping their infrastructure. We help them strategically. So our relationships and the dynamics of the ecosystem are very different than what's happening in the US or driven by PSD2. I think that is how we're different, is that we're very deeply entrenched with the financial institutions of the region to be able to support them and assist them on this new realm of partnerships. And can you paint a picture as well and maybe describe how this platform works? So if I'm a retail user, and obviously I don't even know that Taraboot is in between me and the bank perhaps. So what is it that you do? How does that work? Is Maybe from perspective of a bank or a user, either way. So the way we approach it is looking at it from a bank's perspective is a bank is either mandated or decides to basically open up their APIs. There's a lot of opportunity. We bring a lot of value add as far as infrastructure components and products that allow them to embrace this open banking opportunity. You'll never see TG. You'll never see us. We're a B2B play. We're an infrastructure provider. So from a consumer perspective, 
ideally what you'd start seeing is new use cases driven either by fintechs that are enabled by us or from a banking perspective, you'll start seeing some interesting stuff like data enrichment and aggregation and payments initiation that are all driven by our infrastructure. So given that I think we we still haven't opened up the developer environment to be able to entertain them, but you will see us if you're based in the Middle East in terms of the new use cases that we are enabling. What we basically say is we're helping facilitate and leapfrog a lot of use cases that are happening elsewhere in the world. So the way you'll see TG is you actually won't, but you'll enjoy new use cases driven by these financial institutions or fintechs that you currently deal with. So basically, for example, you're enable bank, enabling banks to offer mobile first or mobile solutions, uh, doing banking on the go, things like this? Yeah, and a bit more than that. So on, on the infrastructure side, what we basically do is a bank hears about open banking, has a lot of fintechs they'd like to integrate to. Product one is we basically facilitate that, right? So we build out an infrastructure component that allows them to speak and entertain these third parties. That's number one. Number two is when you talk about data enrichment through their existing propositions, whether it's categorization or salary tagging or the the classic data enrichment product roadmap is where we are. Then you look at payments initiation. And that's obviously an, an area that a lot of the open banking platforms are looking at. And that's predominantly disintermediating the current ecosystem, allowing for account to account, IBAN to IBAN settlements to take place. So think of us as the, our ethos is, if data is the new oil, then we're building the MENA region's modern pipelines. And that's where we see ourselves out here in the MENA region. And these could be a lot of folds. It could be data enrichment. It could be payments initiation as well. Which leads me to the next question, obviously. How do you make money? We're a classic multi-sided platforms. Quite simply, it's we charge based on usage, right? There's the SaaS component, which is given to the banks, where Banks can basically run our software and be able to do that and be able to entertain third parties on a licensing agreement. You then have platform as a service, which we'll be opening up, and that is integrating third parties, allowing them a faster route to market to be able to capitalize on what's already been built and not having to rebuild it all over again. And then you have the value add services, the data enrichment, depending on use cases, depending on requirements. And right after that is obviously the transactional revenues that take place from payments initiation. Okay, great. I guess it's a combination of a platform slash credit card business, something like that, right? Absolutely. Okay. So where are you based? Of course, you personally are in Dubai, but where where is your team and where are you active as well in terms of your services? Uh, as you said, I mean, I'm personally based in the UAE. I commute back and forth between Dubai and Abu Dhabi. We, as TG, have subsidiaries in London, Dubai, Bahrain. And as far as our geographic reach, we have we are working with financial institutions all the way from Beirut to Saudi Arabia to the UAE, Bahrain, Kuwait. And we're expanding to North Africa very soon. We operate a remote first, as I'm sure all your listeners do as well. We're all around the world at the moment as we aim to hire. We've just closed a round, which has been super exciting. And our investors are all over the world. And we'll now be expanding a remote first policy to be able to hire globally and and really attract the best talent to be able to, to go to the next chapter right now. Great. So how many people are you now? I think between contractors and full-time, I'd say we're, we're between 40 to 50 people. 
expected to double within the next 12 months. Why have you chosen the UAE as your base? I think any company in the Middle East that's looking to scale globally and entertain investors globally has to be in the UAE. We have subsidiaries throughout, right? From London to Dubai to Bahrain and many other places. The ADGM operation has just been unbelievable. We set up a company, we started recruiting, we opened up bank accounts. Everything was done, Rudy, through DocuSign. I was able to initiate change, get shareholders agreements out. We were raising during COVID. Nobody wanted to see each other. And a lot of the documents that we had was all DocuSign-based, notarization that needed to happen. I don't, I've never seen until today in terms of a government that can notarize and operate as efficiently as they have been out in Abu Dhabi, to be honest with you. So it's been an amazing example, which we don't regret as far as headquarters and holding companies required. Okay, great. And in terms of customers, you mentioned where they are, etc. Can you also paint a picture? What types of banks are you looking at? Are these retail, universal banks, or are these also other institutions? Can you also do it for insurance companies? And where are the base, the bulk of them? Yeah, so our core focus, Rudy, at the moment is primarily retail banks with a digital proposition. And the reason we approach it that way is a lot of the fintechs tend to be consumer-centric in the beginning. What we want to do as an ecosystem and platform player is enable these partnerships, help the banks prepare their infrastructure, help the fintechs in terms of leveraging a dev portal and a platform that allows them fast route to market, and then actually trying to pull these together to create partnerships amongst them. We work with, I'd say, most of the region's largest banks, everywhere from national banks all the way down. We haven't entertained insurance companies, but as I'm sure you can imagine, every open banking platform aspires to move into open finance and open data moving forward. It is part of our strategy moving forward, but we're focused on retail banks within the Middle East and North African region right now. Now you're the biggest platform in open banking in the region, but how have you started? I'm always interested to hear what were the first steps. So you had an idea and then then what? How do you find the co-founders? How do you find the people? How do you test the idea before you embark on this and maybe spend a lot of time and money? How did that go for you? What were your first steps? The first step was very simple. I think from a journey perspective, I, I had a personal problem as far as landed back, was living in Europe, came back to the region and had more than one bank account. Tried to aggregate, doesn't exist, was used to the mints of the world back there. And then you come back and, and I couldn't do that quite simply. So having three accesses, looking at your various bank accounts, I wanted to build an accounts aggregator. Then got sucked into the rabbit hole, which is, hold on a second, there's something a little bigger here. What about an infrastructure component? The infrastructure doesn't exist. And if it solves a problem for us, then we could be doing it for an entire region. And then open banking comes to play. So the, the idea just kept on big, getting bigger and bigger, which got us to where we are today. Obviously, in terms of the skill sets that are required, identifying the team members, in the beginning, no one would touch us, Rudy. We were operating in an unregulated zone. There was a lot of skepticism about, is open banking coming to the region? Is it not? What's going on? So it, it led me to, to personally bootstrap the company for some time to be able to show traction, get banks to open up, to get us to where we are today. And now is when we're just getting started. This is when we're hiring the world's best at what they do, where we've created an amazing team around us to now really leapfrog and learn from what everybody else has done and just do it better and faster. 
And when we take a, a step back and uh, think about the big picture as well, you've written an article recently on data-driven innovation and how it will break the curse of the oil industry in the region. So can you tell us a little bit more about this? What are your thoughts on diversifying into new areas of or new sectors of economy in the region? Yeah, I think it's slightly, it might be a little controversial, but I'll tell you, my personal opinion, Rudy, is that the surplus from the oil exploration over the last few decades throughout the Gulf and the wider region has led the region to really become a consumption-based economy. And I think that with everything that's happening, with the transformation, with the adoption of cloud, with the open APIs now taking place, I think it's an amazing opportunity for the MENA region to take its rightful place. There's so much untapped data, underutilized data that's out there which creates amazing opportunity. If you couple that with this region actually being, in my opinion, the fastest to legislate, right? You don't have the lobbying groups that you do in Europe. And if open banking is to come, it's to come pretty fast. And we've seen this because we've lived through it. I think if you couple that with what governments are doing as far as subsidies, um, in terms of just accelerator programs that are out here, I think that what I call the oil curse is really the lack of innovation that's taken part in this part of the world. And I think that's about to change. We are a living example. I would put ourselves at par with the world's best, if not in some cases better, having learned what we've learned about what they've done and the mistakes that they've done. I genuinely think that you're going to see a lot of game-changing technologies come out of this part of the world because of all of these kind of factors coming together. You'll see a lot of game changers coming out of the MENA region, in my opinion, very soon. So you just raised uh, another round. Can you tell us a little bit about the money you got and what are you going to spend it on apart from hiring, you mentioned, and, and geographic expansion, but in terms of product features or services, are you uh, going to expand there as well? Or what are your plans uh, with the money? Yeah, so we've, as I said, initially I had bootstrapped the company myself for about the first two and a half or three years to get it to where we got it to. And then we realized that the market opportunity is significant enough that we need to raise capital in order to be able to exploit it. We had amazing partners, Target Global, that came on board, expressed interest from day one. We were able to wrap it up very fast. And I had this ethos of the kind of investors that I wanted to bring on board. I wanted sector expertise. I wanted people that understood and had the capacity to be able to follow on because our growth trajectory is where we're super excited. Right. We're not going to stop anytime soon. And it, it seems, and it is, that we're just getting started, right? We're at the tip of the iceberg, as they say. Yeah, so we did the round where as far as product expansion, where we have three verticals running in parallel. One is the banking software. The second is the aggregation and the data enrichment. And the third is payments initiation, all running simultaneously. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us, and it's very exciting. All right, brilliant. So this sounds great. Abdullah, I think congratulations. And I, my last question is, where can interested parties reach you? And what kind of people would you like to hear from most? In terms of people that I'd, I'd love to hear from is anybody that wants to be part of an exceptional company that's about to take over the world and engineers primarily, people on the engineering aspect globally that are looking to join a fast growth, hyper growth company that is delivering open banking in the MENA region. I'm available on LinkedIn, Instagram, and LinkedIn is, is probably where I use the most and I'm most accessible. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Abdullah, and good luck to Tarabud. Thanks very much, Rudy. Thanks for having me.
Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceoffintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.